Hello and welcome to We March On with Steve and Tom, the unofficial Southampton FC podcast in partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. Well, as they say, out of the frying pan and into the fire, it could be that difficult second episode, Tom. Uh, I've actually never understood that saying, really. Out of the frying pan and into an open flame or furnace? What's the, what's the point, really? It doesn't make a lot of sense, that saying. Uh, however, I think it, this is the difficult second album, and we're not even into the second season of us doing this podcast. It's just episode two. Mm. I feel fairly confident, though, but now you've put doubt in my mind. It feels like the actual Southampton season, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, we, we will we'll get to the the meat of the of the topics in, in just a sec. But how have you been, Tom? How did you make uh, or what did you make? Sorry, of, of last week's episode, uh, we had some good feedback. And, and what you been up to? Some feedback was great. Some people said keep keep going. Other people said stop marching. Uh, please stop marching on. Uh, it's not necessary. But that was just uh, my mum uh, who listened <laughs> to the podcast. So it's absolutely fine. Uh, no, I, I thought it was very good. Uh, and it's it's that issue that everyone has with a podcast, you know, finding new exciting things to put in the podcast. But I thought it was very good and it got me excited about the season. So, hey, I'm having fun. Yeah, well, we ha- also have to say you can follow us on social media at We March On Pod. I did... Uh, my due diligence and I got our Instagram set up uh, still yet to do TikTok though I don't really understand TikTok I'm not a, no. uh, a Gen Z uh, but we'll but get one one day only... yeah hopefully but the other thing is Steve you I mean when I said hey make sure you get yourself a picture of you presenting and hosting at the Villarreal preseason game uh, you, you you didn't uh, so maybe TikTok is for those moments when you're are actually at St Mary's and you could add that and people mm. would be interested in that sort of thing I just forget the thing is, when you're when you're there, you're doing a job. The last thing I'm then thinking about, because I don't want to mess up in front of all those people, is to get my phone out and ask someone, "Oh, do you mind recording this for me? Or can you take a picture?" Mate, I just I just forget. We've got to be doing it. However, I went on Talksport too to talk about Southampton's uh, forthcoming season and the new signings, and I got the producer to introduce me as one of the hosts of the Wheat March on podcast. So actually, I'm doing my bit, Steve. We've we've got to up free our publicity. Game. That's what we need. Yeah. Thank you, TalkSport 2. Not one, <laughs> TalkSport 2. Uh, and we also have to thank Saints Brass, as always, for providing our intro music. Uh, they do great work um, in and around Southampton and on match days at the stadium. So, Tom, shall we get into it this week? Oh, yes, please. Let's do it, Steve. Right, so topic number one is pre-season is done. What now? So you were at the Monaco game. I was at the Villarreal game in different capacities, but still watching the Saints perform. What did what did you make of Monaco, Tom? I thought they were a fabulous side. It's good to have a challenge in the form of uh, the Ligue 1 uh, team that finished third last season. So that, it was actually a really, really good test for Saints. And um, although the first half didn't go to plan, 1-0 uh, down at halftime, uh, Southampton came back out in the second half uh, and performed much better. The first change of Gineppo coming on. He seems to be the Saints fans uh, player of the, yeah, you know, fair play. Gineppo's going to get us a free kick and then Prousey can score uh, in those set-piece moments. So Gineppo's actually... Playing in a different um, position as well, though, right? Yeah. Playing left, as a wing-back. Wing back. What do yeah, you make? Do you it, think it, that's that's his position now? Do you think he can, oh, for, well, if, dare if, I say if, it, if, cement it down? Oh, I love it when you say the word cemented down. I feel like it's his to lose because Ralph obviously likes him going forward. But defensively, 
is a little bit uh, flaky. I mean, he came to Southampton as an attacking winger uh, and is now suddenly playing left wing back. But if he wants to be in the team, uh, you've, you've got to do it. And I think that's the ethos of the Southampton team. You've got a position, you've got a role to play. Uh, you, you've, you've got to stick to it. Um, but I like him. And I think he, he opened up a few um, opportunities pushing forward. Um, but yeah, overall, great game and, and fantastic to actually see the only preseason win of the preseason. Yeah, three goals, wasn't it, as well? From uh, from going a goal down, it was then uh, Adam Armstrong, Stu Armstrong and JWP with the strike. Yeah. Some fantastic goals as well. Yeah, uh, Adam Armstrong uh, getting on the score sheet first, uh, then making it two of the seasons. That was our... We hadn't scored in the first preseason game against RB Leipzig. Obviously, Adam Armstrong scored. Now, we hadn't scored for two other preseason matches. So suddenly, we'd beaten our total already in, in, in the matches that we'd had for preseason. Um, and, and a very, very good goal. Adam, um, Adam Armstrong, as I said, started. Stewie Armstrong, great swivel turn and finish. And then JWP was just a beautifully well-worked goal. And actually, Monaco had just demanded a penalty. Edison diving. What what unbelievable uh, dive it was. Romeo even had words with him. And then from that, the counter-attack, JWP scored. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a really good night. Not a huge attendance at St. Mary but definitely one that everyone was thinking yeah this could be this could be a good season yeah it wasn't a massive attendance because I didn't get a call up to, to work so you know they couldn't afford my fee with the amount of tickets that <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking uh, if anyone wants to hire me for any other work I am available um but yeah sorry I, it was Vanderson not Edison I don't know what I was on about. Vanderson. Vanderson for Monaco Brazilian uh, guy and uh, that could be a theme for today uh, Steve Vanderson, another Brazilian. There was another Brazilian in the Monaco team. That just, I'm just letting the listeners know. Just keep that Brazilian theme. Might be coming back in the show. But the goal scoring did continue at St Mary's a few days later for uh, the visit of Villarreal, the Spanish outfit. Um, wasn't as positive as a result, but it was nice to see uh, the sound new Southampton players up front in person rather than on screen. I wasn't at the Monaco game, so I had to watch a little bit of the live stream online. You you were there. So for Villarreal, I want to touch back on on Gineppo because he again played in that in that wing-back role. And he, he it could be his position for Southampton as a bit part playing player going forward, but he just strikes me as the type of player that would absolutely tear it up in League One or the Championship. But it's just, has he got it at Premier League level? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of, um, when he first came to the South Coast, I thought he was a little bit like Bambi. He can't stay on his feet, but scored a, a fantastic goal about, against Sheffield United, uh, I believe. And everyone was like, Gineppo's the guy. Uh, then he got sent off in one particular match and just, just seemed to lack a bit of confidence and physicality. But maybe the wing-back position is best for him because he's not expected to just keep you know, just bombing down the wing, but he can sort of uh, protect himself a little bit and doesn't have to be so physical. But then you think of a defender being a physical player. I, I think you're right. It, but hey, listen, we've got to try it, see what happens. And mm. um, uh, I don't think there's a, a better player. I would, I would take Gineppo over um, Roman Perrault at the moment from what I saw against Monaco. Well, quite a few of the other new signings were were on the pitch as well. We saw Gavin Bazunu in goal. You had Kotchap in defence as well. You were right. He is a, he is a unit, that lad. Uh, <laughs> Romeo Lavia in the middle as well. What were you going to say? 
who is just he's a bit like Keith Lemon with that little hand uh, guard he's got uh, but Kotcha he's, he's basically avid Merriam basically that is what uh, Ketchup is um, and he is the source though isn't he I did say last yeah. last episode he's um, the source Luke who is like the floor manager at Southampton on match days um, kept getting his name wrong and Tim the PA announcer had to have words and say stop saying it wrong because when I announce anything to do with him it will come out incorrectly uh, but yeah so Kotcha played Romeo Lavia in the middle as well and then we saw Sekou Mara up front now mm. and Joe Aribo as well I'm going to get on to Joe Aribo in a sec because I think that guy's a different, a different gravy really um, we'll move from sauce to, to other condiments um, but Sekou Mara Ralph has, has said in the media you know he needs to do more for the team and it was so evident like I felt that on the ball he had some good good moves you know he would he would kind of drive with the ball or, or take it on a turn but Without possession, when Saints weren't in possession, his movement was just, it felt non-existent. It was like watching uh, a, a Sunday league player uh, who's kind of been out the night before, just drifts up the top and just waiting for it to come to feet. He, uh, that was, I don't want to sound too harsh, but, and I know it was his first game, but <laughs> I know it's his first game, but it's just, I expected more. Yes, Sunday League football where it's been a heavy night before, so you have a bottle of Lucas Aid before the game at halftime and at full time as well. Uh, yeah, but he will struggle if he doesn't make the runs. What I will note, Ed, say from the Monaco game, Che Adams, although uh, not on the score sheet, and Adam Armstrong, they just do not stop running. They're like nasty terriers at the defenders, just constantly putting them under pressure. Uh, and yes, Che Adams... Um, is not the, a clinical finisher given half a chance inside the box you would expect Eva Adam or, or Che to, to score and they were taking shots outside the box but they didn't stop running and I feel like if uh, Seiko Mara does not begin to run uh, and make runs for the team he, he won't be uh, getting a start against Tottenham that's for sure. Well someone who did make loads of runs and in my opinion, scored an absolute worldie, basically running from the inside of his, his own half all the way through to the opposition defence, jinked in the box and lashed it into the back of the net, was Joe Rebo. Now, we spoke about him in the first episode. I said £7 million from Rangers would be an absolute snip. I know we are maybe prejudging slightly based off one pre-season game, but he just looks like he's got a different mentality, a winning mentality. He has skill. He's got a presence about him. And I feel like he is that type of player that Southampton have been crying out for for years. That that really clinical attacking number 10 that can link the midfield uh, to, to the front men. Yeah. And uh, as, as we mentioned, I think you even tweeted about it, uh, Steve. Uh, kids and grown-ups love him. So uh, number seven, Aribo, uh, <laughs> it, it is, is brilliant it, because... When you've got Elanusi, you've got Redmond, uh, Gineppo of old, not the the reincarnation of Gineppo uh, as a wing back, but they're quite slight players. Uh, same with Will Smallburn. I know he's gone out on loan to Stoke, but same with Stuart Armstrong. Aribo is a different class. He is he's a physicality and puts defenders really under pressure. So, yeah, amazing goal, an absolute worldie. It reminded me of uh, Sufan Buffal's against West Bromwich Albion. Uh, I'm just hoping that uh, he is Aribo, not a Buffal, where eventually he just, you know, flash in the pan is not what we need. Aribo looks like he's going to be constantly a good player. Well, it was an eventual loss for Southampton, 2-1 against Villarreal, but there were positives to take out for the game. Moving in to the first Premier League match of the season on Saturday, the 6th of August at Spurs. Uh, what are your early thoughts ahead of that one, Tom? Because it's going to be a tough test. 
Oh, real, really tough game. Uh, I, 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 well, it's been interesting because I've been looking on Twitter for all other Saints fans and what they think about, as we spoke about in our last uh, episode or last pod, we talked about how many points we're going to get. I don't think many people think that we're going to get any points against Tottenham. However, uh, we do tend to, in previous seasons, pick up some points where we don't expect them from the top six teams. And unfortunately, uh, I don't know how Tottenham managed to be, end up in the top four and Champions League last season. Uh, I feel like we have to be confident, have to be positive. And hey, last season did beat them 3-2 at their own gaff. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like a draw would be brilliant for us. That That's what I'm hoping for. If, if I'm being hand on heart, Steve, if I put my hand on my heart, I think we might be able to pick up a draw here. Well, Tom, maybe people won't be able to see this if we don't release some sort of video footage, but you are wearing the three lions on the shirt today. Um, is that as yeah. a result of the England women's national team winning Euro 2022? Steve, you've hit the nail on the head. That's absolutely why I'm wearing it. Uh, I've had no reason to wear it uh, until the last of the men's Euros and then we lost it and I took it off. Whereas this I plan to wear forevermore. Uh, it was incredible. I had two choices. I had an away Saints kit, but I thought, England today. It was just such an incredible moment uh, to watch England uh, finally lift a trophy. It finally came home. Uh, they just for years been looking in the wrong place. They needed to look at the women's game and they've done just that. I'm very excited about it. Did you watch it, Steve? I did indeed. Yeah, I thought it was a great game. That uh, Ella Toon's goal was fantastic to see to see that that lob. And the thing is, that's the sort of thing that if that had been done in a men's final, we'd be talking about that for years, for decades <laughs> exactly. even. It was fantastic. What a goal. Um, and as you say, England bringing it home for the first time since 1966. And it was the, it was the women's team to do it. And that, that leads us on to, to talking about our own women's team, Southampton's women's team. Now, if, if the Euros have, have taught us anything, it's that women's football should be embraced and brought forward and improved upon and brought up to an equal standing as the, as the men's fixture. And I feel like Southampton are kind of pioneers in that. They're, they're a club that really invests in its women's team. They're, they're proud of them. Um, they're going to be playing many, many more matches, indeed the important ones, at St Mary's as well. One of the first teams to kind of do that too when it comes to the uh, a, a team, uh, sorry, a club whose men's team are, are a Premier League outfit as well. Um, because obviously we know that in the WSL and, and the Championship, it's not the same reflection. But off the back of the Women's Euros and the success of that tournament, you've got the Mersey, the WSL Merseyside derby to be played at Anfield. Mm. You're also going to have Chelsea playing at Stamford Bridge as well in their first game of the season. But Southampton last season, we saw Portsmouth go to St Mary's and an amazing turnout there. We also had the, that was to win the Southern Premier Division final title there then we also saw the final as well for the playoff to get into the women's championship against Wolves with again another fantastic turnout so Southampton are doing it for for the ladies really yeah they are and they also had Bristol City which was just over 3,000 uh, of one of which I was Steve uh, with my girlfriend and we watched it and it was brilliant to see them to go through to the next round um, against uh, a strong opposition in Bristol City it's just it's such good fun I've also been to down to Snow Stadium at AFC Totten to watch Southampton here's a little fact for you Steve uh, it's because I've really got into the the, the women's uh, 
game and the the Southampton uh, women's team. The only loss they had last season, I was there. So uh, so I'm not a good omen for them. <laughs> they lost to Ipswich 2-0. But it, it's just, it's good. I mean, it, it it's a good atmosphere. Uh, it's a great energy when you go down there. The kind of the players seem like you can have a chat with them afterwards at the side of the, of the, the pitch. They stay around afterwards. They sign all of the autographs for these young girls that have gone to support them. It's just, it's just a real feel good factor. And mm. that's what we're seeing from the, the, uh, the England women's Euro winners are just how that's going to build. And the WSL, which you just mentioned, are hoping to improve their average attendance. I think it's something like a 2000 average attendance. We just saw Wembley uh, almost a sellout, you know, uh, 87,193. I think that the highest attendance for a European championship final, either male or female, that just shows yeah. you how significant it was. It, it, it's a feel good factor that that's what uh, people are, are, are getting on board with is going, do you know, what? if I go there, I'm going to have a wicked day out. Uh, and that's, that's what I've had uh, by going to watch uh, science and women's team. And it's exciting. I mean, we talk about the men's team, who's going to score the goals. I mean, who isn't going to score a goal for the Southampton women's team? They're, they're just electric. You've got Pussy up front. Uh, you've got Kendall, uh, uh, um, uh, Farah as well, Faro. Uh, like, just amazing. Like, goals are banging in left, right, centre. It's um, it's an exciting game to watch. Well, in the Southern Premier Division, they were absolutely smashing teams for fun, Southampton. So, it felt only right that they did get promotion in the end, having having missed out on it, I think, this the season before. How, and, and how brutal is it? Steve, how oh, brutal it is, is it? A, it's a joke. The way that, if, if anyone doesn't know the way that lower league women's football works, you have to win your league. So it's not like promotion from the championship to Premier League in the men's game where the top two go up and then you have a playoff. One goes up, but not just one from one league, one from the Northern Premier League and the Southern Premier League. They then play a, a playoff and one of them goes up to the championship. It's... It's a bit of a joke, really, but ha- it's brutal. It is so it's brutal, brutal. Be- because you've just had such a tough season. Uh, I know that Southampton banged in a lot of goals and then lost once, and then and that was to Ipswich, which again I'll mention. I was there. Uh, is the fact that then you suddenly have a playoff to to get promoted? What? How crushing would it be? And it is going to be for Wolves now. They go back to the Northern Premier mm. and just have to kind of hope that they have a good season. Yeah. It's brutal, and the fact that Southampton did it. Um, was just just incredible and i did um the saints foundation uh dinner uh and we had um marianne spacey kale come on the stage as well as ralph at a beautiful moment where we're introducing marianne and i said you've won this we've won the cup there's a possibility of getting promoted against wolves uh, and everyone applauded marianne and then you had to turn to ralph and go and ralph avoided relegation <laughs> like it's it's, just, it's brutal yeah. but it, it was it, it just goes to show that Everyone loves the men's team, uh, team, but the women's team are there to to support. If you want to see the colours of Southampton uh, be on the winning side more frequently and lots of goals, why are you not going down to support Southampton? Well, you mentioned as well how accessible uh, accessible they are, and I feel that's because they do feel. I, I, I don't know if it's a if there is a disconnect between the modern day men's footballer. And, and lower league footballers or indeed women's teams, but they, they do feel more accessible as, as, as players, less, less wrapped up, less media trained. It's got more of a sense of realism to it, I feel. Mm. Yeah, and, and what is brilliant to see, um, totally with that realism, it is, um, it is how passionate they are as players and how you get behind them. There's, um, there's a YouTube series that you can watch uh, of the women's team really uh, pushing on in the season and, 
and just I, I, I don't want to say the word positivity again, but it, but that's what it feels like. It, it genuinely feels like it. And the fact that Marianne Spacey Kale is talking about, the, even if some of the Southampton uh, women's team don't go on to have uh, a long career, whatever they do, they're inspiring future generations of of, of young girls to do whatever they want. And and I and I think that sometimes that's been lost in the men's game. Too much money in it, and and therefore you feel, uh, you look at them like oh, well, they're only in it for the money. And it's really hard for a male footballer to, to show that passion without being ridiculed or the abuse they'll get. Um, so so I think it, it's just night and day a little bit at the moment, but yet the quality of the football has been amazing. And and I actually went to St Mary's for the Northern Ireland versus Norway game, and the atmosphere was incredible down at St Mary's. Yeah, well, Southampton, as we say, start their championship season um, or their first game in the championship should I say is against Charlton on the 20th of August at St Mary's they've signed a number uh, of new players Tom you've got Beth Lumsden who's 23 she joins from Oxford United Megan Wynn who's a, a winger 29 years old has WSL experience when she was at, at Bristol and she joins from Charlton also a Wales international Sophie Harris um, the goalkeeper she's has England under 20 experience Paige Peake as well has joined the club she's a defender an England under 19 international um, and got or was, was um, at promotion challenging Ipswich as well so again has some good experience there and also um, Katie Wilkinson, Golden Boot winner in the championship. So we keep getting that experience in uh, as yep. well, Tom. That's going to be vital going forward in in probably what is going to be a difficult season for Southampton. It is going to be a difficult season. They've now gone from part-time or, or semi-professional to full-time professional because of the demands of moving up a division. And the fact that what they've done here, uh, for, for those that don't know, last season, a lot of academy players uh, came up uh, and made a name for themselves uh, in, the, in, the, in the Saints team. Uh, and with that, you've now got experience being brought in as well. Like you mentioned, Megan Wynn uh, of the Wales International uh, and Katie Wilkinson, goals is what she provides. And that's definitely what you need uh, just coming from Coventry. Um, so experience is joined. Uh, what is quite funny, Paige Peak obviously signing from Ipswich, scored against um, Southampton last season. Uh, so, hey, get the best player from Ipswich. Brilliant, signed, signed her. And then Beth Lumsden scored against Southampton and banged in so many goals uh, last season. Why not sign the best players? That's what Southampton have done, a very smart move. And hopefully the team can gel. Their pre-season so far has been very good. A one-all draw against Celtic, uh, Lewis uh, a nil-nil, and then Leicester uh, will be the final pre-season. So that'll be a really good test because they are one division above in the WSL. So that will be a real benchmark for how well the team has gelled. And look, with Marianne Spacey Care as the manager, I do not doubt they're going to have a very good season. All right, Steve, um, it is that moment in the podcast that we look forward to. Uh, one day we will have adverts. That's not the bit we're looking forward to. It's just what I'm trying to say is, oh, it is. It, this will be a regular feature. Yeah, it will be great for us uh, financially. Uh, it might be able to pay for uh, something from the tuck shop. However, Steve, we would like to ask listeners a little uh, trivia based question 
then the advert will tend to happen uh, and and then at the end we'll reveal the answer i feel like i explained it well enough sort of Steve, i get it but yeah you get it but i feel like maybe well hey it's going to happen every week people will pick up on it soon enough would you like this week's trivia based question steve forbes hit me with it okay saints have only had one brazilian make 100 first team appearances for the club who is that that is the question, Steve, there for you. That is the question. And for everybody else, they've only had one Brazilian make 100 first-team appearances. Who is that player? What a great advert that will be in the future, Steve. But it is time now to give you the answer. 100 first-team appearances for Southampton and with the nationality of Brazil. There is only one player. Okay, our second one is Lianco. He's just joined the club. And guess what, Steve? Here's a little fact for you. He shares the birthday that I do, 1st of February. Not the same year, he's younger. But little theme, I started thinking about it. So the answer is Gully de Prado. De Prado, yes. He to, yes. He came to Southampton and was a bit of a sensation. Afterwards, he left the Chicago Fire. Um, anyway, he had a fantastic uh, time at the South Coast. And a he's only one Brazilian uh, that we've had. I always forget he's, he's actually Brazilian. Yeah, I don't know it, why. It can, it's just it, I, well, when it's you just asked me that question, I was like, I, I don't even remember a Brazilian playing for Southampton other than Lianco, yeah. who's had about five appearances. But a hundred, God, I forgot he was Brazilian. That's nuts. Four years, four years at the club, uh, and uh, he made his Premier League appearance on the opening day of the 2012-2013 season against Manchester City. A legend in the making, Gulli de Prado, has now been joined by Lianco. Will, here's the question uh, for you, Steve, will Lianco get 100 appearances? After his performance against Monaco, it might not happen. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. What yeah. I will say, though, is you share a birthday with him. He looks like the type of guy you'd want to have a party with, though. Oh, he's, he looks like... Do you know what? Actually, that would be incredible for the podcast. I will contact Lianco and just say to him, look, I'm thinking next year, double up. We'll make it a live podcast. Podcast. Uh, podcast. I can't even say podcast. We'll, we'll so work excited. it out for the live one. Yeah. And then, then it'll, be, it'll be Casa Brazil, right? Maybe. And then it's where you just keep turning your card over. Get more meat on the table. Keep coming. Get yeah. the veggie and get the rice. What an, what an evening out that would be. We march on well. live from Casa Brazil. I'll bring the cake and candles. <laughs> Lianco, ex-Tom Deacon birthday. Love it. Right, so Tom, ahead of our trip to Spurs on the opening weekend of the Premier League, I wanted to have a little chat about our favourite stadiums because Tottenham is often lauded as or widely regarded as, as probably the best in the land. Last year marked the 20th anniversary of Southampton moving from the Dell to St Mary's. Now, while St Mary's is a fantastic ground, I love being there, love watching football there, there are many oh, on there's offer. There's a but. There's a but there's coming, never, isn't no, there? No, there's, there's, there's not a but. There's not a but. It's just that there are many grounds around the country. We are avid football fans. We've been to quite a few of them. You were just at one uh, a few days ago up in the north. And uh, it doesn't have to be a super stadium. It could be a local ground. But I just wanted to talk about our favourite stadiums around the country. Oh, 
oh um the the noise that people would have heard just then with me going oh was the fact i was very north i was up towards liverpool and i traveled across while waiting to do a gig uh to birkenhead to watch tranmere rover southampton fans will remember that day 2001 come on don't don't well up it was a very exciting fa cup game we were three nil up at half time and john aldridge and his lads turn it around in the second half one of the greatest comebacks of Tranmere's existence. Well, just in FA Cup in general. 4-3, we lost that. I was devastated, Steve. And Tranmere got to play their local rivals, Liverpool. However, brilliant ground. Genuinely, thoroughly enjoyed it. 16,000 stadium. It doesn't have to be huge in, in, in order to it to have good vibes. But you know what? I, I thoroughly enjoyed last season going to Newport uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed that because there's not much in Newport. The ground is their beacon, their shining light. Uh, and the football was amazing. It was a three-all draw against Oldham. Loved it very much. But if we're talking Premier League teams, I'm going to throw it out there. Even though it feels like a nosebleed territory and the view isn't great uh, in the away section, I did enjoy uh, Newcastle United. thought that was an amazing uh, uh, experience. Great night out and great fans up there. I've only seen the outside of St. James's Park. I've been to Newcastle once and I, I did go to the stadium, but I've only been to the club shop and seen the, the statues outside. Um, I love the fact it is in the middle of the city, so it, it seems like an awesome, awesome ground. Um, but what, what, what uh, constitutes a great ground as well? Because we've talked about Size doesn't matter. Um, is it the <laughs> is it the atmosphere? Is it the food on offer? Because I've been to a few. I think Wembley is overrated. It feels just very industrial. Or I haven't. I can't say I've had an amazing, amazing experience at Wembley. Old Trafford's all right, but it do, again, it, it doesn't feel like a, a, a stadium that really you know keeps you engaged. Um, mm. I love the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I've got to admit. I think it is fantastic. I've been to a few things there. I've been to, um, in fact, I think it was their first ever game, which was Inter Milan Tottenham, uh, pre-season friendly a couple of years ago. Um, and the you can just tell they've worked on the acoustics, the modern technology that maybe you wouldn't get or the modern technology in making a ground that wouldn't have been around, say, 50 or 100 years ago when some of these Premier League clubs stadiums were first made. Um mm is awesome the view is great as well um i've seen the nfl there which was also very good um which leads me on to the fact i've done a tour of the tottenham hotspur stadium you'd think i was a spurs fan i've been there more All times right, than I've seen do you want to rein it I in know. This is a it's a joke podcast. it's a joke um we need to clip that up and just play it we need to have like a soundboard of that um but the the tour was very good is it's amazing the the conditions that the players have there i mean it would make you want to sign for Spurs, I think, if you saw that stadium. And then when you go to the NFL side, they actually have a completely separate changing room just for the NFL players, um, which is about 100 metres long to fit all them all in. Um, and the food and the beer is excellent. They've got their own brewery on site. I mean, that's what I want from a modern day football club. Have your own brewery on site steve what i want everybody to know is how animated you are i can see you <laughs> and they can't but you've really got into this and I, I fully respect it because i've been to uh the spurs stadium uh I, I, and i've seen it for nfl actually we went together mate uh, although we didn't sit together the jets versus the falcons mm. we did travel up uh and also uh, just to point out there, did see Saints lose 2-1. Uh, Danny Ings uh, getting the goal. Uh, the view's great. Every seat is pretty much you're going to get a fantastic view. It's a modern day stadium. 
it's multi-purpose built so that you can have concerts on you can have boxing fights and the anthony joshua fought there it yeah it's great mm. but it's lost a little bit of the sparkle for me and also my downside uh, i will put for the spurs stadium is the fact that seven sisters the nearest tube is a proper trek away and we know because we ended up going to a piccadilly line which took us about 40 minutes mate so i think <laughs> you will find you if you're going to watch spurs play uh well saints in the first game of the season at spurs you will have to decide on whether you're sticking around for a couple of hours before all of that uh, traffic of people dies down a little bit. Um, or wh- whereas Newcastle, you're you're off. You're practically home, mate. It's a walk to the station. Easy. Spurs is not a convenient ground to get to, but that's what I'm saying. Is it? It all these things make up where a, what a favourite ground can be because it could be. It, I'm not saying it's a it's a really vital part, but how easy it is to get to the like I said, the food and drink on offer. I tell you what, Oxford United best pie I've ever had. No, really, I swear. Oxford United's pies are fantastic. What, um, what, what makes it? Because I had one at Tranmere, Prenton Park, and there's a little bakery opposite. I didn't have the pie from inside the ground. A real, it was um, beef and ale pie. Steve, mate, I put it in a little video on my Instagram. That it was a worldie. Three ninety. I think if it's locally made, like I'm not talking about a pucker pie. Other brands are available, a, a Ginsters or a Ginsters, however you say that. Uh, it's not one of them. It is. It's like a proper made little pie in a little tin casing mm. that's got a lovely flaky pastry top oh i, I take chef's kiss to, to oxford united in their pies i was i was a fan um rangers ibrooks is a great ground as well the atmosphere there is amazing i have only been to one game there glen torren the northern irish irish side when i was a bit younger um uh, where else is is pretty decent brentford although restricted views at their old grounds i'm not talking about the brentford community stadium i've not been there yet but um, the, their old stadium, uh, Griffin Park, w- was fantastic. Great atmosphere there, there. And this will be controversial. Uh-oh. And you're probably going to hate it as well. No, no, Because no. this is a Southampton podcast. But I'm going to say it. No, don't you dare. I'm going to say it. No. Fratton Park's pretty good. This is over, mate. This, this podcast. <laughs> I went there for the for FA atmosphere, Cup. For atmosphere, Fratton Park is rocking. Okay, I will I will back you up on that I, because we're teammates and there's no I in team. The 4-0 win for Saints in the FA Cup was electric uh, in the away section. Flares were going off uh, and it is intimidating at Fratton Park because you're so close. The, the fans, the Pompey fans are so close uh, to the pitch. Uh, it is incredibly intimidating, but not when you're 4-0 up. I was loving life. It was a little paradise for me. Uh, it was beautiful, but I, I do agree with you. Um, it, ju- it just jogged my memory. Um, Steve, you mentioned Brentford and you're right there. Their old ground used to have a pub on each corner. Uh, which I never got to go to. Their new stadium is going to have officially, uh, well, it's not actually officially, uh, the best kit on uh, display this year. 10 out of 10, it got rated in the Athletic. Uh, Southampton's got four out of 10. Uh, They are not happy. The writer is not happy about this retro kit, which always gets a thumbs up. Not in this situation. He doesn't like it, the writer. Uh, The other teams have got a four out of 10. Everton, woeful he said about that kit uh and also brightens because their kit uh, resembles the same layout as crystal palace and they're their right. sworn enemies so just thought i'd throw that out there southampton okay. being mugged off and i'm going to be writing a strongly worded uh email and letter to the writer of the athletic on that but yeah 
back to grounds, mate. Back to back grounds. to grounds. Right. I, I feel like I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, but I think we should probably put them in categories. It's so hard to summarise a favourite ground based on everything. Um, and we'll, let's just let's just be diplomatic. Let's say St Mary's is our favourite ground for everything encapsulated. But because to be not, fair, though. they have got. <laughs> They have got a good beer. They've got their own their own beer there. It's not though. Food food's all right. <laughs> it's not though. Views are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I agree with all of that. Tom, but... shut up! You were just saying it, right? <laughs> but right, categories. What's your favourite stadium for atmosphere? Go. Uh, the um, the Westfalenstadion, uh, Dortmund. Incredible. Cannot be matched. Best stadium for food. Ooh. Uh, I feel and or like drink St Mary's hospitality worldy loved it so best stadium for access access uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Newcastle's but to be fair I could walk home to my mum and dad so therefore I'd say St Mary's again uh, I've ran out of topics I just came up with that at the top of my head oh um, I'll tell you where it is really good the yeah. Ajax Stadium in oh, Amsterdam yes. that is, a that good is a, I'm actually going to say that might be my favourite I like it. I think but, that's a great ground. Do you know what? We've we've dabbled into a, a realm of uh, a much bigger topic, but I like mm. this. Tottenham, if you're heading there as a Saints fan, you are going to enjoy the stomp. Uh, you'll get all your steps in. The food is good. The beer comes upwards out mm. of the... Uh, the, the, be- the in-house Beavertown oh. brewery as well. So you can get a, a, a pint of neck oil or gamma ray on right. site. Again, other beer manufacturers are available elsewhere i'm partial to a bit of beaver town i'm a bit of a an ipa snob so um you heard it first steve's partial to a bit of beaver town um (laughs) the interesting thing is if you are going just do you know what i think and this is my recommendation make a day of it because you're going to be sat there for such a long time trying to get out of the tottenham hotspur stadium from southampton to spurs including the game and back to southampton what are you talking like eight hours, nine hours, I reckon, out of your day? Yeah, take the next day off, guys. You're going to need the recovery. It's, uh, it is worth it. Lovely stadium. And hopefully we pick up three points like we did last season in that 3-2. But here's my prediction. Keeping on the Brazilian theme, which is why I made the question about it today, Richarlson, I think he's going to get a goal. He, he seems to have a mm. way of getting goals against Southampton. I think he's going to pop up and get a goal. But uh, even if you are losing, it's a lovely stadium is what Steve and I are trying to say. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Spurs now just just briefly. You say Richarlison is going to get a goal. They have added some quality players to their mm. squad. It's not going to be an easy game. You've got Basuma coming in from Brighton. Perisic as well has joined the uh, veteran Croatian winger. Oh, oh, sorry, I don't know why I said oh, oh. <laughs> what I meant to say was who is actually classed as a defender on Fantasy Premier League. So if you want to get a winger in as a defender on FPL, Perisic is your man. That's what I've done. Anyway, they brought him in, as you say, Richarlison. So it is not going to be an easy game. Um, I do think Southampton will put up a tough a tough test for Spurs. Mm. It just... I think our young players may not have had the time to bed together enough no. to take on a team with the quality that Tottenham have brought in. Yeah, you can't mug off Tottenham. They did finish uh, fourth in the Premier League. They have got Champions League experience. Their pre-season has been very good. Uh, they got a 6-3 win. They got a one all draw against Sevilla. Rangers, they beat 2-1. They did lose their last game to Roma. Uh, and Fraser Forster, 
made a little appearance uh, for them. They didn't get any shots on target. Looking at the stats, I'm no expert. If you can stop Harry Kane scoring, uh, Southampton have got a very, very good chance. And uh, uh, Conte did say after that 1-0 loss, he said, uh, this loss will help keep their feet on the ground. I mean, I don't think they're winning the league. Uh, <laughs> Conte, calm yourself. Uh, but uh, it, it, is, it is to show if you've got a prolific striker, uh, you are always got a chance. And that is what Kane provides them. And I just don't think at the moment Saints have unlocked the key to who's going to get all the goals, but hopefully we'll put up a good performance. Yeah, well, we'll be chatting about that result in our next episode. And maybe in the future, we'll be talking about our, our least favourite grounds uh, from around the country. I know mine, bloody West Brom. Awful. Anyway, that, that's another topic uh, to come. Well, uh, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, not the bit where you said about West Brom. I quite enjoyed their ground, but we haven't got time to discuss that. Uh, we're coming to the end of the podcast. Uh, relief and joy for everybody now or sadness. Uh, but don't worry, we'll be back next week, won't we, Steve? And it could be an exciting episode. Have you got any thoughts about what we're going to put in it? Uh, I do have one thought, and that is that it is the 10-year uh, anniversary of Southampton gaining promotion to the Premier League this season. So we might have something in the pipeline which would excite many a Southampton fan. Yes, uh, I think what Steve's alluding to is because of that successful 10 years in the Premier League, uh, we are going to be a little bit merry for the episode. Is that what you're suggesting? We might just pop open a couple Oh, we, of... we can crack open a few beaver towns. You <laughs> never know. <laughs> I'll get them in some. That would be absolutely delightful. If Beaver Town want to sponsor next week's episode, just get us at uh, wemarchonpod at gmail.com. Yeah, it doesn't even have Happy to be to respond. Uh, drink related. It can be just anything. We'll take it. Um, it Steve, it's always a pleasure to to chat to you. Um, however, uh, I feel like I'm going to miss you now. Do you know what I mean? And and I'm hoping that it's not a bad result against Tottenham. That's that's. I just I'm going to miss you. I hope it's not a bad result because I'll be. You won't be able to console me. Uh, come the no. next episode. Well, you know we can stay in touch. Uh, there's a strong possibility I'll be up there for the game doing Saints Live so if anyone wants to tune in this is a little we're not getting paid by Southampton but I will plug it anyway if you do want to tune in to the pre and post match coverage um, of Southampton Tottenham I will be doing it Saints Live unfortunately on my own as well for the first game of the season I will be joined by former Southampton captain Dean Hammond either way whether it's uh, at Tottenham or not so make sure to tune into that on the day also follow us on social media at we march on pod like subscribe press the heart button on whenever you or wherever you get your your podcast from as well yeah uh, steve can i just mention we didn't give them enough of a shout out at the monaco preseason game and i believe at the villarreal the saints brass were incredible there was a beautiful moment which i don't know if i should say at the monaco game it went on for a long amount of time the the music it just didn't stop and you're thinking yeah i'm enjoying the saints brass or when the saints uh because the players were late coming out of the tunnel so they had to do another three minutes of the same song uh, and i was chatting to uh, dan from saints brass who's an absolute legend and he said we just kept going uh we just kept going so there may be talk of saints brass bringing out bit of reggae, bit of ska, bit of metal, uh, just oh, when the Saints, just doing different versions. I would personally love to hear that. Yeah, I, I would love that too. Well, on that note, play us out, Saints Brass. <laughs> <laughs>